The scripture reading this morning comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the word in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gifts as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will always strengthen you to the end, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. I just remember hearing from my mom these words occasionally, not every time, because I was not that bad a kid. I just remember from my mom, go apologize. Go apologize. And when my mom says to me, go and apologize, it means I've done something wrong. And it's mainly growing up we like to play soccer. And we were not blessed with fields in the city to play sports, especially in the area that I was, I was living. So we play right there on the streets, the streets where traffic goes up and down. We would only stop when there is a car coming. And that is when we are good. Because when we are not good, we block the road. We play soccer. And the apology comes when somebody's window is broken. Because when you play soccer in the street with houses on both sides and we kick the ball not knowing where it will land, we at times break some windows. <clears throat> and the owner, and if that one person is identified, that person is responsible. And so when I am identified and my mother receives the message, go and apologize, it's one thing she would say. And because we grew up not having money as kids, she has to pay for it. And I will go and apologize for the broken window. And you know, when the window is broken, you pay for it, they repair the house. Two weeks later, somebody else suffers from it. I am always unlucky to be identified because it was my area. The Apostle Paul traveled. And in one of his traveling, he went to a town called Corinth. And in Corinth, they developed a congregation. And this congregation was blessed. The scripture says the congregation was blessed with all the spiritual gifts 
that we are needed for a church. But in the midst of all that, there were problems in the church. So at times, Paul would apologize or say to them, go and apologize to your brothers and sisters. At times, Paul would say, I'm coming to be with you guys so that we can talk about the issues that are going on. But as you read the epistle that he wrote to the church in Corinth, Paul introduced himself as an apostle of Jesus Christ. But then he says to the congregation, I give thanks to my God always for you. I give thanks to my God always for you. Because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. Two things. I give thanks to God for you always. And be assured, say Paul, says Paul, that the grace of God has been given you in Christ Jesus. Then he says to them, for in every way you have been enriched in him, that is in Christ Jesus, in speech and knowledge of every kind. You have been enriched. Enrichment. It is a popular word these days. Enrichment. You, you hear it in regards to food, in regards to relationships, any area of life. Enrich, enrichment. But why do we need enrichment? Paul says to the Corinthian church, you have been enriched by the grace of God in Christ Jesus. Why do we need enrichment? Is it because something is missing? Our food is enriched. Everything from milk to crackers to chicken. Everything is enriched. Walk around the grocery store and you will see added this and enrich that everywhere you look. But why are they lacking in the natural ingredients in the first place? We enrich those foodstuffs because something is missing. Apart from food, our emotional and mental lives seem to need serious enrichment. You can tell not only by the, the shambles that most relationships are in, but also by, by the vast amount of self-help books that are on the bookshelves everywhere these days. We all need to be enriched. God knows what a body needs to be truly healthy. After all, God created us. And most of us know that God cares. God does care. Consider the fact that the body is referred to in the New Testament scripture 
as the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the temple was something taken very seriously in the Old Testament. Therefore, we know if our bodies as Christians, if we know that if our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that God cares for us. And so we know why Paul says to the Corinthian Christians that by the grace of God, he is praying that God will enrich them through Jesus Christ. But nowadays, my friends, every book you read on the subject of enrichment tells you something different. It's confusing. But today, as members worshiping within the four walls of this sanctuary, we read these words from Corinthians. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind. Enriched, enriching, enrichment. It means to improve, to enhance the quality or the value of a particular item. And that's why in the grocery store we see all the enrichment signs. The food we buy and eat have been improved. It is to make someone wealthy or wealthier. Enriching our lives means making our lives as fulfilling, as meaningful, and as filled with joy as possible. It is a positive way of encouraging us who are Christians. I have an enriched life in the Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, that is a praise the Lord saying. Can you imagine waking up every morning and you say to yourself, my life is enriched because of Jesus Christ or because of my faith in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, our lives have meaning. And that's part of the enrichment. Our lives have meaning. What did Jesus say? I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. My life, your life, our lives are enriched in Jesus Christ. And this assurance is needed because of the Garden of Eden. We become Christians. Remember, because of the fall in the Garden of Eden, because we have disobeyed God, and because we have turned away or drifted away from God, that original relationship we have with God has been lost. And therefore, when Jesus arrived, he arrived to reconcile us again with God, to bring us together with God. And in the process, the Apostle Paul says to the church in Corinth, as he says to the church that is called Church of the Cross United Methodists, your life has been enriched in Christ Jesus, improved, made meaningful in Christ Jesus. That original relationship that we have with God before the disobedience in the Garden of Eden has been lost. We've become a broken people. Just like the glasses, the mirrors we break when we played soccer 
when I was growing up, we have become a broken people. And in the process, our relationship with God is broken. And because that relationship is broken, my friends, somebody has to come and fix it. Somebody has to come and fix it. For some of you, nobody has to come to the house to fix it. You can do it yourself. But for this gentleman talking to you, every crack I have in my house, I need somebody to come and fix it. Not that I'm not willing to do it, but my friends, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. And it's funny that I have three boys. They never learn from me how to fix things, but today, all three of them can fix things. Thank God for the internet. <laughs> they can all three fix things. So in my house, I say, uh, something is wrong. I'll wait for George to come. Or I'll wait for Gregory or Jill to come. And it's so funny, my, my filter in the fridge has been telling me I need to change it. I think for maybe three, four months, I see the light every day, see the lights every day. And I look, I look in the fridge to, to see where the filter is, to see if it is easy to change. Couldn't find it. And they came for Christmas. And I said, you guys need to change the filter. So we went to the store and bought the, the replacement. And we came home. And I opened the, fri the, the fridge. And there's that something that I've been seeing forever up there. That's where the filter is. God did not know that. Now I do. So something that I should have done four months ago, I did not want to touch the fridge because I did not want to spoil anything else. But that's who I am. I, don't, I just don't know how to do it. And they fixed it. That relationship that was broken in the Garden of Eden needed somebody to come and fix it. And that person was Jesus Christ. And when we believe in Jesus Christ, we need the assurance. And Paul is giving us that assurance today that my friends, no matter what you do, he says, I give thanks to God always for you. Because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in Jesus Christ, in speech, in knowledge of every kind. Broken as we are, we need the assurance that God is not done with us, that God is still at work in our lives, that God every day finds a way to improve our life, to enrich our life, to make our life much more meaningful. And I pray this morning, my friends, you feel that in your spiritual growth. On May 21st, 1972, during the 11 a.m. worship 
at the Vatican in St. Peter's Basilica. A man leaped over a tiny wall into one of the side chapels that surrounded the main altar of the basilica. He took a hammer that he smuggled in and began to break into pieces the Michelangelo's statue depicting Mary, the mother of Jesus, holding the dead body of Christ. He struck it until he was arrested. But by the time he was arrested, 40 pieces were laying on the floor. I mean, can just imagine somebody come and starts to, to chip piece by piece our stained glass window. On that day in 1972, that's what happened in the Basilica in, in Rome. It was a destructive act that demonstrated well the brokenness of humanity. Because this beautiful work of art was battered and broken like our lives. Yes, my friends, the Vatican then assembled a team of experts to restore the statue as near as possible to its original condition. It was a monumental task. No doubt about it. Fortunately, the team was equal to the task. Seven months later, the mission was completed. At the end of that, one art critic said, you can't even see the fault lines and cracks created by the assault. It is beautifully restored. My friends, I, I believe that this is a great illustration for what God has done and continues to do for us as God's creation. We know that we have all sinned and fall short of the kingdom of God. We don't have to have our noses rubbed on it. We know we are broken. I mean, just look around us in the world. We know we are broken. Just yesterday evening, I said, let me listen to the local news. And the first item on the news for us locally is the fact that a body was found in one of the dumpsters in our city yesterday on the news. We don't know anything else about that. But just imagine that. My friends, we know we are broken. All over the world. We know how people are suffering from addiction. All over our neighborhood, 
We know the amount of abuses that go through. We know we are broken. We have broken homes, broken hearts, broken promises, broken relationships. They all surround us. But what took the experts seven months to do for the Vatican, Jesus did for the whole world on the cross. And so through Jesus Christ, our lives are enriched, restoring our relationship with God, enriched every day. He does not take a break. It's like when you read Psalm 121, I'll lift up my eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And in that psalm it says, our Lord does not slumber, he does not sleep. In other words, God is always awake. God does not have a lazy boy chair to relax in. He's always awake, enriching our lives, making it better, making it meaningful, making it what it should be at the end. Every day, my friend, God enriches our lives so that we can improve the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. God is enriching our lives every day for a purpose. Do you know why your life is being enriched every day? Right here, this morning, we have an example. Our sister Jane Wise. I can say your life is being enriched every day so that you can go back to the Congo and enrich the lives of the people in that area of the world. We all have a reason why God is enriching our lives. You can say to the praise team, your lives have been enriched every day so that you can come on Sunday morning to lead God's people in worship. We all seated there, we can say to ourselves, our lives have been enriched every day so that on Sunday we can come together as Christians as believers, as people of faith, to sing praise to the God who created us, the God who redeems us, and the God who sustains us. Our lives have been enriched every day, my friends. My life is enriched by God so that I am prepared to do something. And when you wake up every morning, take one of these. Take one of these prescriptions. That my life is being enriched by God so that I am prepared to, number one, love. God is enriching your life to love more. Believe that. God is enriching your life to love more. Not just people or things, but primarily yourself yourself. Oh, my friends, to love yourself means to accept yourself as you are and to come to terms with those aspects of yourself that you cannot, you cannot, you cannot change. You cannot change it. 
It means to have self-respect, a positive self-image, and unconditional self-acceptance. Love yourself. You cannot give what you don't have. If you don't have love for yourself, how can you love somebody else? My life has been enriched so that I can love myself. Amen? Love yourself. That's what God is saying to us this morning. Secondly, my friends, God is enriching your life for a change of attitude. I have been involved in funerals the past few weeks, and each of these persons share something in common. They were all in their 90s. 90, 95, 98. They were all in their 90s and were each described as living life with positive attitudes. Every one of them. Three ladies. When you talk to the family, that's what ran through. Positive attitude. Now, my friends, God is enriching your life every day. Know that your attitude is more important than your outlook. Know that a positive attitude helps you overcome life's obstacles rather than running away from them. As you approach life with a positive attitude, you overcome your fears that once crippled you. Just change your attitude. Let it be positive. Thirdly, I will say to us this morning that God is enriching your life for service so that you can serve one another, serve others. What is the Christian life without service? <clears throat> That's what Christianity is all about. We serve. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. Amen? And that's the Christian life. We serve. We all have a purpose. Some discover it early in life, while sadly, and others die with a song in their heart. You can be of service to others in the smallest way through your thoughts, your words, and your action. You can always be of service, my friends. Then I will say to you again that God is enriching your life to let go. To let go. Let go of worries. Let go of fear. And let go of anxiety. Have you noticed that you worry about what you worry about seldom happens. Replace negativity with enriching thoughts that bring you closer to life and closer to the purpose that God has for you. God is enriching us every day. Every day. But love yourself, my friends. Have a change of attitude. Be of service to your friends and your neighbor. And just let go of that which you can't control. <laughs> just let go and give it to Jesus Christ. And let him take control of it. Your life has been enriched this morning. Your life will be enriched this afternoon. Your life will be enriched tonight. 
and the process starts again tomorrow morning and it is for a purpose. As we go to Sunday school classes, as we go home, let us go with the idea, with the thought that indeed God is enriching my life. God is enriching our lives for a purpose. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the enriched people of God say, Amen. Amen.